you are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Glad to have you joining us for our Thursday episode. I'm excited to announce our podcast will be going into beast mode today as I catch up with a Seahawks legend plus a rookie spotlight on Damian Lewis. Today's episode is brought your way by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. Hours before officially being charged with three separate felonies, the Seahawks have waived troubled offensive lineman Chad Wheeler, making him an unrestricted free agent. The King County Prosecutor's Office filed criminal charges of first-degree domestic violence assault, domestic violence unlawful imprisonment, and resisting arrest against Wheeler. He has been accused of choking his girlfriend until she became unconscious When she regained consciousness, she claims he was eating dinner, drinking a smoothie, and then said, wow, you're still alive. She barricaded herself in the bathroom, locked the door, and texted friends and family to call 911. He attempted to pick the lock to the bathroom door during that time, and eventually he got in when she tried to sneak out the second door to the bathroom and was trying to apologize at that point. It was a manic episode for Wheeler, who apparently has not been taking his bipolar disorder medication as of late. Among other details in the police report, and I can tell you it is grisly, it it is a damning police report. She tried to spin away from him when she was on the bed. He originally was trying to get her to bow to him and she refused. So then he physically retaliated, put his hands around her throat and was strangling her. She was unconscious and then regained consciousness, briefly tried to spin away And he grabbed her arm and pulled her back towards him and started strangling her again. She suffered a fractured humerus bone and a dislocated elbow as a result. She had aspirated lungs. She was coughing up blood the day after the incident, suggesting she had damage to internal organs from this ordeal. The whole situation has just been disgusting. It's heartbreaking. And ultimately, it's sad that a graphic photo of the girl's bloodied, battered face had to become public on social media to really catch the attention of the Seahawks as well as the NFL. The Seahawks, shortly after Wheeler was arrested, came out with a statement that they were aware of the situation and they were gathering information. At this point, though, they had not released any other statements. And you've got this picture going around the girlfriend had posted on social media just showcasing the damage that Chad Wheeler had done to her. And how grateful she was to simply be alive. In in the report, she indicated, somebody asked her if she was scared about dying. And she said, I thought that I already had. And again, it's just a disturbing situation. And the Seahawks finally came out a few hours after that image surfaced. They finally released a statement, and this come in the heels of them releasing Wheeler. The initial reports where the team just said, He's not going to be on the team anymore. He was going to be a restricted free agent. So technically, they didn't have to do anything to release him. But they needed to send a message. And I would at least give the Seahawks that. 
They did come out with a statement on social media saying the Seahawks are saddened by the details emerging against Chad Wheeler and strongly condemn this act of domestic violence. Our thoughts and support are with the victim. Chad is a free agent and no longer with the team. They also said they hoped that Chad would get help. It's clearly evident that he needs that. Based on this incident, he's got a history as well. Back at USC in 2015, cops were called on a disturbance where he was punching mirrors and walls inside of an apartment in Southern California. And so he has had a history of erratic behavior. And so unfortunately, this maybe is not a surprise that he ended up doing this, especially not taking his medication. It was just an ugly situation. Wheeler came out himself on Twitter yesterday apologizing, saying events happened over the weekend that transpired from a manic episode. I am deeply sorry for the pain and suffering that I have caused to the woman and her family. I apologize profusely for the turmoil that I have caused to my family, teammates, and fans, and those closest to me. The most important thing right now is that the woman gets the care she needs and I get help. Both are happening. It is time for me to walk away from football and get the help I need to never again pose a threat to another. I cannot express my sorrow or remorse enough. I am truly ashamed. Looking at the state of Washington, first degree domestic violence assault is a class A felony. Domestic violence unlawful imprisonment is a class C felony. If he is convicted, he could be sentenced anywhere from eight to 12 years in prison, according to prosecutors. And so you look at Chad Wheeler's situation, he's obviously not going to be playing for the Seahawks again. I would be stunned if he ever plays in an NFL game again. Obviously, second chances are provided by the NFL. We have seen players that have been charged with domestic violence incidents return to the league, but this one was just stepped up another level. And I don't know how I feel about this just because it's it's sad to me that we have to have images come out before we truly start to take things seriously. But that image going live on social media yesterday, it showcases that this was an attempted murder of his girlfriend. And so there's no reason that he should ever be on a football field again. And if he's convicted, he's not going to have to worry about that anyway. He's going to be behind bars for a long time. And by the time he is let out, his window for playing in the NFL is going to be long gone. And so I don't think you're going to see him on a football field again. And hopefully he is going to be serving extensive time for what he's done. His arraignment is scheduled for February 9th. It sounds like based on the sources that I've talked to that he is going to be entering in a plea. He admitted in that statement on Twitter that he was involved in this incident, that he certainly injured the woman. He was in a manic episode. So I'm sure there will be some claims of the mental illness playing a role in it. And certainly that had an impact, but he is going to have to suffer the consequences for what he has done here. It's an unfortunate situation for the team as well as the league having to deal with something like this. But hopefully the justice system will do what needs to be done and Chad Wheeler will be behind bars for an extended period of time. Coming up next in the second quarter, going to transition into a much more positive second quarter. I'm excited to announce that Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode himself, will be joining the Locked On Seahawks podcast, having a chance to discuss a new initiative that he's teaming up with Subway to help high school football players and provide some scholarships for some of these athletes and much more. Looking forward to chatting with Marshawn. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, and all the parts are available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked in in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Even though the Super Bowl is two weeks away when the Buccaneers battle the Chiefs, there's plenty of other sports action on tap. College basketball and the NBA are heating up, and baseball is right around the corner. Tons of crucial sporting events are on tap in coming weeks. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm Corbin Smith. Glad to have you listening here on our Thursday show. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Joining us now on the phone, fired up to welcome Beast Mode himself to Locked on Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch. How are we doing, Marshawn? Glad to have you on board for today's podcast. Dude, you look like a reporter, dog. Like you can't do nothing else in life but be a reporter. That's funny. I just literally just chucked this uh, polo on because I was downstairs lifting weights. I hate wearing stuff like this. So, <laughs> um, Look, man, and, and they just gave me a problem because I had my shirt off, but you was over here getting it in. Okay, I, I see you, Corbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I appreciate the chance to chat with you here. Um, I, I actually was a high school coach for a long time uh, before I started right. becoming a reporter. So when I saw you were doing this uh, protein program, I got pretty excited because I was thinking about – these kids have had such a such a crappy year, man. So Evidence. let me ask you this. Did you tell all your ex-players to go ahead and, and get in that thing? So I actually – you're going to laugh. I actually reached out to a few of them because it's been three years since I last coached. So most okay. of the guys – I either they're either playing in college or they're not playing football anymore, most of them. But a lot of them oh, are okay. lifting weight. So I was like, hey, you know, you guys should try one of those protein bowls, you know. Because I think I speak to all athletes. We don't like most of us don't like salad. So if we can do right. most of the protein, it's probably good. But if, so. but, but see though, the thing is, you can go ahead and throw double the protein in that bowl, and then you are good. So then that way, the way I see it is like, if you get double the protein, then that gives you two days of protein. You see what yeah, so I, I guess I'll ask you this first. I, just how you got involved with this project with Subway? Did they just reach out to you, or is this actually something that you helped them put together and construct so that you could help out these high school kids? Well, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they had a plan. And, uh, you know, just with me being, you know, so involved in the community, 
the synergy around the whole idea. It just, you know, it was just a natural thing. And uh, really what I was trying to do, I was trying to get uh, some subway, uh, some subway franchises. So I talked to some, I talked to some people and then, uh, uh, you know, between my marketing, uh, my marketing guy and, uh, you know, the conversation that they was having and it was like, you know, Subway trying to do some big like, and I'm like, big what you talking about? Like, man, we got these Subway Protein Awards. And I'm like, okay, well, it's something that we have been done for the last, what, 15 years. We have a talent show where we would give uh, the winner of it. Um, uh, first place was 1500 second place was uh, uh, 1000 and third was uh, 500 But we always would bring in, you know, a student of excellence, and we would give them, uh, you know, uh, uh, 2,500, uh, you know, scholarship for the school that they were going to just to help with, you know, some of the that was going on. So, you know, this was right up my alley. And then it's been something that I know, uh, you know, with, with having a, a, a powerhouse behind or a partner with like Subway, you know, it don't, it, it wouldn't make no sense to why I wouldn't, you know, be a part of this uh, with the right opportunity. And then they made it even better by bringing in, uh, uh, one, another alumni from Cal, uh, Keenan Allen, to also be a partner with it. So it just, it just, the synergy, like I said, just worked out real good for us. And, you know, I'm proud to, uh, you know, to be a part of it. But also, uh, like I was, you know, getting at you about, you know, have you talked to any of the kids from uh, the high school that you was at? Because I know I've seen a couple of kids just from my area. I've seen a couple of their submissions along with, you know, the rest of the, uh, the people that have uh, sent some in. So it's just like, it's a great ass opportunity for them to, uh, you know, to be on, um, you know, on this platform to be able to, you know, have a chance to go ahead and win, uh, you know, a little bit extra uh, uh, chicken for them from when they do get to school. If I have a couple of kids that when I was coaching, if, if this was going on a few years ago, I would have had them submitting immediately. We had a running back. Yeah. He ran for almost 400 yards in a game. So that probably, I probably would have been like, just send a couple of those in. So uh, he's now in college, so you can't really have okay. him in the contest. But uh, yeah, anyway, you know, you mentioned the familiarity. This is something that you've been doing for a long time. Just how much more important was it to be able to establish something like that this year when you consider, I mean, I was thinking about this when I played high school ball. Like I can't imagine having a season taken away from me, let alone the seniors. How much you know, more significant was it this year because of the COVID nineteen situation? You know what? When you say when you talk about it in that type of type of situation, I go back and the first thing in my going in my mind is like six feet apart. Like I'm thinking, so how do we play tackle football outside with my friends if I can't go in within six feet? Like we got to play like make up some new game, like some kind of catch game or something. Like I can't even hit them. Like, but then alone, like. Okay, now we talking high school organized on my way. You know, this is how I feel that I'm going to be able to go ahead and make my payday. You feel me, though? This is how I know I'm going to be able to go and pay for my education. And a lot of kids, now I'm going to speak for my area. I know a lot of kids from my area, they kind of lose hope based off of, you know, just being in our in our environment, in our neighborhood, in our type of situation. So when you look at it, it's like, on top of that, you hit me with this pandemic. So now already, if I was feeling like I couldn't go no further, now I'm in a position where I really feel like, oh, this is just over for me. Like, what the hell I'm going to do? 
And I feel like, you know, this uh, Subway Protein Award is giving a little, uh, giving a, a little of them a little bit more, uh, more fight to say, you know what, that I ain't finna just give up like that. I'm going to continue to fight. And now I have an opportunity to go and win this award. I'm finna go in for it. I'm going to stay on my grind. I'm going to stay committed to what it was I was doing because I feel that I could go ahead and be able to get some done. And that's the feeling in which I want them kids to have. Yeah, I can tell you from coaching a lot of students, coaching a lot of different kids, different age groups and stuff. I mean, I think a lot of people just kind of forget how important sports are to being able to help a lot of these students be able to achieve their other goals, their academic dreams and stuff. So I think this is a fantastic program. I was really excited when I started reading through, but I got to ask you this now, just because I'm curious, because, you know, everybody knows the iconic beast mode runs. Everybody knows the beast quake runs in the NFL and what you did at Cal, but you know, I don't know, and maybe this is going too far back in the way back machine, but if one of your icons was in the NFL when you were in high school and had a contest like this, are there any particular plays and maybe there aren't just running plays or any plays that you would have been like, yeah, that immediately is going into this contest for me to try to see if I can win it. For me. Oh, if I had that opportunity, uh, yeah, it probably would have been, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of people would say that, you know, the beast quake run was the one, but I had a run in high school, uh, my senior year, um, in the Raiders in the Coliseum, was playing our championship game against a, a, a school that, you know, is known for winning. Uh, we call it the Silver Bowl. And at this point in time, my high school has never won a, a, a championship. And we was like, we was tied up. Uh, you know, we closing in and I had a 46-yard run that I think by far is probably, is probably, that's, that's when, I think it just, you know, I think that was when it just clicked. Like, okay, this is this is this is what the defining moment of how I'm going to be remembered. Because I mean, if I wouldn't have went and played no more football afterward in my in my city alone, I just would have been a legend based off of that run. And so everything else was just like extra. So that would have been the defining moment for you. And then obviously, maybe it's just the one that set up all those bigger runs he ended up having at the, at the higher levels too. So uh, I don't know what I would have submitted because I was a slow running back. So, I'm probably like, here's oh, so you eight- play some running back too, huh? Yeah, I was like, here's an eight-yard run. I ran through three guys, but I didn't get the first down. So I don't know what else I would have submitted there. But uh, I got to ask you about the other thing you've got coming up here on Saturday. You've got this virtual Pro Bowl coming up. And I just got to ask – what kind of stick player are you uh, on the Madden gridiron? What could, I'm a what, sweaty. <laughs> I, I was wondering, are you like one of those guys that runs engage eight every play on defense or, you know, runs a screen or triple option? There's like all these different types of Madden players. And, and uh, I'm just really no. – I'm curious to see. And I know Snoop Dogg is talking a lot of trash already. So Hey, you know what? Snoop, 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 Snoop actually raw. We didn't play in the uh... – in a couple of tournaments, but I want to tell you like this: Snoop know what's happening. If it if it get real spunky for me, Snoop know who I call on him, and, and Snoop will hush all that shit down. <laughs> I know everybody's looking for. We've had a lot of people on social media that are reaching out, wanting to see what you and Jamal Adams are going to do. Obviously, with the Seahawks connections and stuff, but I, I'm really curious to see how that plays out because I, I've had some people say, "Is this going to be permanent?" Because a lot of people don't even want the Pro Bowl to exist anymore. Oh. All the- 
drop out and stuff every year. Yeah. So I guess it'll just kind of be a nice little test here. But um, I know, man, since they took the, the Pro Bowl from Hawaii, man, it just ain't the, it just ain't the same no more. That was the one draw. That was the one draw that got guys hey, to go there. Hey, Orlando's just you. not the same. It really isn't. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've never, I've never participated in none of the uh, Pro Bowls in Orlando or being the one. So I'm not sure how it is, but I just know that, that they tell you, "Come on, we're going to the to the to the to the island to the Rock for about a, a week. Bring the family, and we're gonna go over here and have some fun." Hell yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. I don't know how closely you followed the Seahawks season this year, but obviously the first eight or nine games, they were on pace to just shatter records. And then the second half, the offense really cooled off tremendously. They, they get knocked out the first round of the playoffs. So I, I just want your opinion, like, uh, you know, following the team. I don't, again, I don't know how close you follow, but what do you think happened down the stretch with this offense? And uh, what do you think they should do at the running back position moving forward? Because Carson's a free agent, Hyde's a free agent, Penny's been banged up. Do they bring a rookie in? Uh, what What's your opinion on that? Well, I mean, you know what the thing is. I, you know, I, I won't. I won't. To be honest with you, I won't give it too much thought because I know for a fact what uh, what uh, what what John and uh, and Pete got going on over there. They find a way. They make sure they find a way, and they the thing is, they always have a plan, even though it may not might not feel or seem or look that way. But for whatever reason, I just know that they 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 believe that they're gonna be all right. And I mean, you know, through the through the last few years, you know, they you know had some tough times. And <clears throat> what I do know is uh in Seattle, you you with a with with a great with a great defense, you gotta you gotta be able to get in some time to, you know, to 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 breathe and you know, get ready to go for that next series. And you know, running the ball is a is a is a huge factor in that. And uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the running backs, but, you know, all three of those guys you just named, I've, you know, I've met and I've seen through, uh, you know, just uh, through their career. And, you know, I mean, you know, with a, with a, I think they call it a running back by committee. But I think, you know, if you get all three of those guys on the same page and ready to go, I think they'll be able to do some shit. And I think everybody's excited to see what the new coordinator can do because the Rams have been so darn good at running the ball the last four years. So he's able to carry that over. Should be really interesting. Anyway, Marshawn, I appreciate having the chance to chat with you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing who you guys pick for your winners in this protein contest. Yeah, man, it's, 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 it's going to be a good look. Uh, consider I, you know, I done got a little cheap head start because, I mean, I done looked at a couple of the videos of these guys. So I actually have, I have celiac disease. So real quick, I just have one other question for you because I haven't been able to eat Subway for like five years. Do you, you, have, a re- you have do you have a recommended bowl? Do you have a recommended go-to? You said a recommended go-to? Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm telling you a recommended, I'm telling you my sandwich that I'm going to go when I get in there. And I'm talking about, you feel me though? I need some salami. I need some ham and some turkey, light lettuce, light tomatoes. Feel me? No mayonnaise. I can't have no mayonnaise. I'll throw that, I'll throw that <laughs> everywhere. I need some black olives, the little banana peppers, salt, pepper, some vinegar, and some uh to top of my thing. I need my uh I need my yellow mustard. And if I'm on a if I'm on a and if I'm on a good one, and if I'm on a good one, then I'm gonna get that motherfucker toasted on <laughs> some wheat bread. You feel me? <laughs> But man, uh, it's, 
I'll have to uh, try that out. Like I said, I haven't had Subway forever, but uh, I will have to try that out. And I'll recommend it to some of the uh, students that I've worked with that are still in high school. And I'll make sure oh, that those guys well, get into this let contest them as let, well. Let, let them know they could go double the protein. Double the protein and get in that contest. <laughs> and get them that, get get deep in that contest. Go ahead. Why not go ahead and win you a, a, an award and get a little bit of Go, go get some help to, with uh, a scholarship you know offer. I mean? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Why not? All right, Marshawn, I appreciate it again. Thanks so much. This is awesome. Hey, thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. When we return for the third quarter, it's time for our Seahawks rookie spotlight. We're moving to the third round now and going to look at one of Seattle's best rookies from the 2020 season, right guard Damian Lewis. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As an avid weightlifter and distance runner, I'm always looking for an edge when it comes to nutrition, seeking delicious, healthy protein bars without the crazy additives. Since being diagnosed with celiac disease, my options have been pretty limited. Until now. Enter in the Built Bar, a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, gluten-free protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar now comes in 18 mouth-watering flavors, including six new delicious flavors such as caramel brownie and cookies and cream. My all-time favorite is peanut butter brownie, which is 20 grams of protein, just 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Since I had my first Built Bar, I never go without one when I hit the weight room or go for a jog. All Built Bars are 100% chocolate, nut and gluten-free, soft and easy to chew, and don't have the nasty aftertaste of competing protein bars. Sound too good to be true? Go to BuiltBar.com and build your own custom box with your choice of flavors using the code LOCKEDON for $10 off. You will also receive a free cooler with your first purchase while supplies last. So what are you waiting for? Change your workout game by going to BuiltBar.com and entering code LOCKEDON for $10 off. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Thursday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Thanks for listening in. It's time for our weekly rookie spotlight, and we're going to be looking at third-round pick Damian Lewis. What a first season that he had. If you go way back to April, though, just doing a little bit of rewind here. When the Seahawks selected Lewis in the third round of April's draft, Out of LSU, obviously coming in with championship pedigree, played for the best offensive line in college football during the 2019 season. Lewis played there for two seasons, was a starter both years after he transferred from junior college, one of Ed Orgeron's favorite players. But at the time that he was selected, it wasn't clear whether he was going to have a shot to start right away for Seattle or not because DJ Fluker was still on the roster and he had a year left on his deal. And Granted, his contract, he had a fairly decent-sized cap hit that there was some speculation out there. Maybe the Seahawks might make a move, but he had been a solid starter when healthy the prior two seasons. He was beloved in the locker room. Fans loved him. He really had found a home in the Pacific Northwest, but he was released shortly after the draft. That was not necessarily a move that was popular with some fans, but he quickly made the move look justified and helped fans move on. Lewis was the starter at right guard the first day of training camp in August, and he never was threatened at the position. You don't see that approach often with rookies, especially with Pete Carroll being the coach where competition is everything, but he simply was the best right guard in the roster upon his arrival. He knew it. The Seahawks knew it. 
And as Pete Carroll calls him, he's a championship kid. He was just ready for this. When you've played at LSU and you've played in the SEC playing top flight competition, you played in the national championship game, and this kid overcame plenty of adversity to get to that point, was not recruited heavily out of high school, didn't have a D1 scholarship offer. That's why he had to go the JUCO route and then eventually took the long road to LSU. He's the kind of player with a chip on his shoulder that Pete Carroll and John Schneider love. And so I don't think they were surprised that he was able to come in and snatch a starting job early, but I think he exceeded expectations overall. Now, his rookie year wasn't all roses. He led all guards with 12 penalties. He had major issues with holding in particular, especially early in the season. He gave up a bunch of pressures to Russell Wilson down the stretch. His playoff performance was not great against the Rams. The entire offensive line struggled in that loss to the Rams. So his pass protection is definitely an area that he is going to have to improve moving forward, especially when it comes to mirroring defensive linemen and being able to mitigate counter moves. He had some issues with those, particularly with athletic defensive linemen, but he was everything the Seahawks hoped he'd become as a run blocker. He was nasty at the point of attack, drove defenders off the ball. He plays with attitude. He made some pancakes. He climbs to the second level and he makes blocks. You look at his pro football focus grade for the season, and I say this time and time again on the show, pro football focus is not the Messiah when it comes to evaluating players, but out of all the options out there, I feel like they do the best job overall of evaluating players. And you look at where Damian Lewis stacked up. For guards that played 650 or more snaps, he had the fifth highest run blocking grade of any guard at 81.5. The players in front of him, Wyatt Teller from the Browns was first with 93.6. Everybody knows the Browns were just mauling people on the ground this year, and Teller was a big part of that. Shaq Mason finished second at 88.1. He's been a really solid starter for several years for the New England Patriots. Ali Marpet for the Buccaneers. 87.8, fantastic. And then Quentin Nelson, who's probably the best guard in the NFL and basically has been since the Colts drafted him. He's been a perennial all-pro since coming into the league. Those are the four guys that had better run-blocking grades than Damian Lewis that played 650 or more snaps. He was one of the elite run-blocking guards, and the tape shows that too, in the entire NFL. So he definitely lived up to what the Seahawks expected there and maybe exceeded their expectations. The other thing about this kid that I really love, week 11, Ethan Postick is still dealing with a concussion. He missed the previous week's game against the Rams. The Seahawks are in a position where Kyle Fuller, the backup that played against the Rams the week earlier, was dealing with a high ankle sprain. He was active for that game against the Cardinals, but the Seahawks, decided to put Damian Lewis there. He was getting work during the week and nobody knew about it. So this was a big surprise to all the beat reporters in the press box. Lewis is out there snapping the ball to Russell Wilson. He's never played center in a game in his life. And this is the most difficult position to try to just jump in and play because of the snapping aspect. And he had a couple of bad snaps in this game. That was to be expected. He hadn't played the position, but it was a gutsy effort for him to go out there and play that position throughout the game all 100% of the snaps, and the Seahawks win 28-21. Again, it was a gutsy effort by the kid, and that's the type of player that the Seahawks thought they were drafting out of LSU, and he proved it there. So that really makes an interesting discussion what to look for in the future when we talk about Damian Lewis. Because Pete Carroll has hinted a little bit 
that maybe there's a possibility that Damian Lewis could be a center down the road. He's never come out straight forward and said, yeah, we think that that's where he's going to end up. But there have been at least some suggestions, you know, he could be capable of doing that. And the Seahawks have some interesting decisions to make across the offensive line as a whole anyway. Ethan Posick is a free agent. Who knows if he's going to be re-signed? Mike Upati is a free agent. Who knows if he's going to be coming back? He's going to be an older player. He's had his injury issues as well. So those two players could both be gone. You have a vacancy at left guard. You have a vacancy at center. So maybe the Seahawks would consider at that point, you know what? We're going to work all offseason with Damian Lewis to make him our franchise center because it is such an important position. Now that creates another hole. Now you have two guard spots potentially that you have to fill. But you would have your center for at least the next three years. And I think Damian Lewis has already shown he's a building block. I think he's going to be a guy the Seahawks are going to be looking to extend. We'll see what his development looks like. But he looks like a building block for that offensive line, regardless of where they decide to play him. More than likely, I think he's going to be playing that right guard spot, though. I think the Seahawks will look at other players. Maybe Ethan Posick will be brought back. But I think they will be looking at some free agent options that are affordable. I think they'll be looking at the draft. This is a really solid draft class for guards and centers. And so maybe the Seahawks could move Lewis if they felt there was another guy they could plug in at right guard they can draft. The problem is they have four picks, and that's it. Now, I expect John Schneider to find a way to make it. They have a little bit more draft capital before it's all said and done. But they don't have a lot of options with only one pick in the first three rounds as far as trading down goes. So, again, I think Lewis is your starter at right guard, at least for one more season. Maybe this is a situation where entering 2022, depending on what the Seahawks do at the center position for this year, maybe they have a stopgap for a season. Maybe Ethan Posick's brought back on a one-year deal that maybe eventually Lewis could transition to that position down the road. But I anticipate he's going to be playing right guard. If I had to make a prediction, I think that's where he stays. He's just really good at that position. And again, he's a building block that this team is going to be able to construct their offensive line around for the foreseeable future. Dwayne Brown's not going to be that guy because he's going to be 36 in August. Damian Lewis is that building block for this offensive line. So I expect him to not only be the start of their next year, I think he is going to be an integral part of that offensive line for years to come beyond his rookie contract. This team is really excited. They love what they saw this year, and they know that there's a lot better coming from this kid in 2021 and beyond. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast platform by going to our website, LockedOnSeahawks.com. Going to wrap up the week, Blue Friday show with Nick Lee. It's going to be mostly Senior Bowl oriented. Didn't get a chance to look at the defensive skill players on today's show, but tomorrow we'll be looking at skill players as well as some defensive linemen to watch in this weekend Senior Bowl that maybe will be players that interest the Seahawks come April's draft. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Go Hawks.